you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Catch Big Red Wrap-Up, game highlights and analysis on NET, Nebraska's PBS and NPR stations. Tuesday nights live at 7 on NET World and Facebook and at 10 on NET. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And thank you for joining us. We are getting toward the end of the year. It yeah. It's hard to believe when you think of how little time is left in 2020, but here we are. Yeah. I think a lot about what I was sort of thinking around this time last year. So at the end of 2019, I, I just remember feeling so hopeful about 2020. Mm-hmm. And gosh, that was a long time ago. It was a long <laughs> time ago. I remember about this time last year thinking, okay, at this point, I was about five months from my wedding or what mm-hmm. was going to be my wedding. Uh, I was, the things that I was so concerned about at that time were so different. I was worried about mm-hmm. bridesmaids dresses and, oh, we better go get the groomsmen tuxes or uh, suits picked out, whatever. It was just like, not that these things don't matter. They right. certainly do, but it was just a very different, um, it was a different thought process. And now yeah. here I am um, crying on a random Sunday or Monday morning because I happened to watch the live feed of the COVID-19 vaccine leaving a plant in Kalamazoo, Michigan. (laughs) So that's where we're at one year later is just nothing like a good cry over a FedEx truck. I remember like setting goals and like I had so many things that I wanted to get done and I was Mm -hmm. excited about vacations and oh right because those didn't happen until weren't going to happen until later in the year. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was like, I have not sincerely had a true vacation. So there's a joke in a lot of industries and speaking in from what I do in in journalism and um, kind of like a small mm-hmm. business. But a lot of small businesses say this, that when they take vacations, they're not actually taking a vacation. They're just working in a different location. Yeah. Like that's really it. Like I just, I want to point something out. I was literally in... Where was I? Was in St. Thomas, mm-hmm. St. Thomas, and Will Farniak committed to Nebraska. So here I am in the kitchen of the condo we were staying at, writing a commitment story. I mean, it took right. me like five minutes, but it's like I'm in St. Thomas, and it's like what a nice working location, <laughs> right? But I had legitimate trips where I was like, "All right, Hale Varsity, I am going to be out for you yeah. know a period of time. Like you will not." You will not hear from me. Right. So if if the social medias don't get updated, it ain't my fault. Right. Like, I mean, this was like the first time in a long time where I'm like, I am going to shut things off. Like, to be honest, I am not somebody that does well with like the whole completely shut everything off mm-hmm. because that actually makes me feel more stressed. But I'm talking like I would not have cared about anything work related. Right. Like if I opened right. my phone and like was reading Twitter, I don't, 
I am not one of those people that's like, I have to throw my phone in the ocean to enjoy yeah. this vacation. Like I just was more like, I'm going to go on these vacations and not care about work. And then all I've done in 2020 is, is sleep work. at work. It's yeah. just sleep at work. <laughs> yeah, what a you're sleeping in your office. Pretty much because my, my like office is in my closet, which mm -hmm. is in my bedroom. So I'm basically sleeping in my office. Yeah. It's great. It's awesome. It's nothing like taking the 20, 20 feet from my, my bed, like the 20 steps from my bed to my desk to like really get my day started. Right. But you know, yeah. I think, I think for me seeing, seeing those trucks and knowing that, um, different hospitals around the country, I know Nebraska medicine, uh, as of Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., received their first shipment mm -hmm. of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. And obviously, there's uh, more to come. It's not going to be as quick of a rollout as, like, we'd hope in some – like, the – we don't need to spend our time getting into the why of that, but right. it's, it's going to be a while. Like I, I am, I am completely last on the list. Mm -hmm. So I am not going to see Hopefully this vaccine spring, for a long time. So like maybe we could have all have a normal summer, normal ish summer. Well, that's the thing that like, you know, I'm really having to think about like what, what will life look like in April? Because mm -hmm. that is when our, our postponed wedding is scheduled for. And like, I'm just not comfortable putting the people I, I love in a situation that's not safe because yeah. here's the thing. If I were to say to my friends and family, um, we're moving forward with a wedding in two weeks from today. Mm -hmm. People will show up. Here's the thing is like, this has been the hardest part through this entire pandemic for the people who are like, I'm taking this very seriously and I am going to actively do what I can not to be out. I'm going to limit my, um, you know, my trips out of the house to mm -hmm. just only essential things. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do all this stuff. Like it is a big burden. And when we talked last week in our previous episode about feeling lonely, I think that's where I feel lonely sometimes. And it's not like we're all a bunch of martyrs or anything, but it's like, if I decided today to have a wedding a week from now, people I love that really should not be in a large gathering would show up because right. they would think they were doing the right thing for me. Right. And so that's what's so hard with this is like trying to decide like, where are we going to be four or five months from now when maybe it will look better. We don't really, I guess, know what this rollout of the vaccine is going to look like. But for now, for now, for some reason, knowing there is there are physical vials of this vaccine in our city and leaving plants to be distributed, for mm -hmm. some reason gave me like this sense of hope that I have not had in a long time. Yeah. Like I felt really good. And I'm so, like... <laughs> I'm kind of a turd in this way. Like, I, I feel like I'm constantly like this squelcher of happiness. Oh, no. Are you going to like destroy me on this D one? No, I just, <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm hopeful, but I'm not like excited because it's going to be a while still. Right. And I feel like my fear with this is people knowing that it is out there are going are are gonna gonna to relax. start relaxing even more than they already have. Yes. And like, I get it. Because part of me is like, yeah, sweet. But then I have to be the realistic. It's not even being pessimistic, I don't think. It could be looked at that way, I suppose. But I'm like, still well, can't leave my house till summer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so Brian Health out of Lincoln, mm -hmm. um, they tweeted or tweeted, uh, shared on Facebook. They probably tweeted it as well. I don't know what words are anymore. But anyway, they, they vaccinated their first individual on Monday of, you know, whenever you're listening to this, it was Monday of that week. Um, 
this is what they shared. Smiles, happy tears, and a whole lot of happiness. Hope arrived today for the Bryan frontline staff and doctors in the form of a COVID-19 vaccine. But the fight is not yet finished. Until vaccines are readily available to the public, please continue to take the highest safety precautions. Wash up, mask up, and please stay home as much as possible. Here's the thing. The vaccine is out there. And it's, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like, not to be, like, I feel like we, we, we're we seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but I need you to understand that that light, that the end of the tunnel is still, like, it's 100 really miles away. away. <laughs> like, we're still pretty far from it. Yeah. And we're not going to get there if we keep making it harder. Now, I'm happy about this because my... One of my best friends, my maid of honor, she is a neurosurgeon. She's mm-hmm. incredible. She has had the year from hell. Like all of our healthcare professionals, if you listen to our episode a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was now, I cried over, mm-hmm. like you can hear me get upset because I watched an episode of The Good Doctor and all it is is about basically how we're treating our healthcare professionals yeah. like shit. Like we're putting them in the worst of situations. And I'm even going get, to get emotional again, but like- this is not like, I understand we've done the same thing to teachers. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I don't, don't come for me. I understand that there's so many people who've been impacted by this, but just looking at those individuals in the hospitals who, you know, they are there. Like you think of somebody who's a neurosurgeon, Mm -hmm. they're there for how many other things that are not related to COVID-19, but they are now having to also focus on this virus. They're not sometimes able to see their families. They're sleeping in their garages. They're not able to go home. They're having to completely strip all of their clothes off before they leave and then completely change before they can go anywhere else. Some of them hadn't seen their families for months and months and months. And here's the thing. I'm so happy for someone like her that she's going to be able to have the vaccine because I hope that this allows her to continue to do her job safely, but now be able to not necessarily necessarily relax, but feel a little bit of relief right? because she and so many others deserve that. They deserve to be able to walk into their hospital and not feel afraid or not feel overwhelmed by what's coming in the door they're still going to so that's why we say you have to still take this seriously because I mean we're now seeing like colleges um football programs saying like you know what we're done we're not playing a bowl game we're just yeah for in it's so interesting because you know three four months ago the entire conversation was like everybody just wants to play Mm -hmm. everybody just wants to play and now we're here and you're hearing teams who are like the, the mental toll this has taken to do this is just too much. Yeah. We just, we don't need a bowl game. It's not going to serve us in the way that we want. We're ready to just Potentially allow. Potentially puts our players and coaches and staff on at risk. Yeah. Look at Duke's coach in basketball. He basically said like, we're done. We're not doing non-conference. Like yeah. we're going to let our kids go home and have, have the holidays with their families. Yeah. We're just going to let them go home and have some time because this is just, I think, I think more than anything else, and I have, I have sort of felt this way throughout this season for Nebraska. I don't, what has happened on the field is one thing, but on, on Saturday, I was standing in Memorial Stadium and I walked into this room. So if you're listening, you're always wondering like, what is the media situation like? You might be, I don't know. Um, there's a big room that has like three levels that overlook into the stadium where we all sit. But then there's this other room where we typically will do um, 
midweek or early week press conferences. That's not mm-hmm. where they do their post game press conferences, but like we, that's where we eat our meals. That's where we do a lot of our interviews is this room. I walked into it on Saturday and looked around and I was the only one in there. And I had this moment where I'm like, as nice as it was to be in Memorial stadium. And I'm not like, I'm, I, I'm not looking at this. Like I'm not grateful for mm-hmm. the ability to have my job and to have these moments. But like, I don't know. I just looked around and was like, this room is not what it usually is. Yeah. It's not, it's usually filled with such life. It's usually filled with such like you, it's, it's loud. There's a lot of things happening. Um, You hear the pop machine at all times, like in the background to the point that they have to turn it off when people are at the podium. And like, I'm just looking around at this room and thinking like, I'm just going to like absorb this moment and appreciate it because I'm glad that I'm standing here. However, this, this is where the mental toll takes such like, it just like, this is not, this is not normal. Yeah. And I keep thinking, like, when is the next time I will stand in that room with a group of people mm-hmm. in close proximity, laughing, hearing the pop machine, dis- yeah. you know, disrupting everyone's interviews. Like, these are the things where it's like, I get it. When it's just simple stuff. When a team is like, you know, what, we're just not going to play a bowl game. Or Brendan Hymas, who um, is one of Nebraska's offensive linemen, he has opted out of playing against Rutgers this mm-hmm. weekend and is just going to move forward with uh, his future of preparing for the NFL. I don't blame him because you get to a point where you're like, you know what? What's the point? It's and it's it's like for him. What if what if Friday the game against Rutgers? What if that's the one where he gets so seriously injured he can't pursue that career right. in the NFL? So you get to right. a point where you're like, you know, maybe this is just it's time to just hang this up, look at this as what it was, and move forward into my future. Mm-hmm. And someone like him, you know. He, he might have an outside shot at the NFL. I think he's got some work ahead for him, but he's probably weighing that as, well, this is what makes the most sense for me. And right. I don't blame him because, to be honest, the, the, the like health side of this is one piece, but the mental, the mental side of it is an entire – like our mental health has been tested so many ways. And, like, we look at these players and go, well, they wanted to play. They should be playing. Well, yeah, they did, but I don't know if like when we were saying- Are you doing all the things that you want to be doing or do you sometimes have rough days and you just don't and you need a minute? Yeah, I mean, but like also when they were saying that they really wanted to play in September, that they didn't have the- benefit of hindsight at that exactly. point you haven't lived it at that point exactly. you're going like let us have a chance yep. that's all they wanted was a shot to play they and got it and now it's like okay and some players are probably going I'm good with this like mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be here but some are like look I'm just this isn't it yeah this isn't it and so I don't know I like I said I I was I'm, I'm glad to feel like I see that like very, very small speck in the distance of like a glimmer, like the, the light is there now. Like the light has come on at the end of the tunnel. There's still a lot. But it's going to be a while. Yeah. Oh, it's just. It's been, I don't know. <laughs> I had a, I had a rough, I had a rough weekend, just like mentally. I was like. When you're so busy that you can't slow down mm-hmm. to actually think about things and where you're at, and then you are slowed down to like you're not doing anything, and then you're like, okay, oh my gosh, you know, I this weekend I like made myself like bake some shit because <laughs> I just wanted something normal. It's like mm-hmm. I wasn't baking it for anyone, and I had no idea who I was gonna give it to because we're not going anywhere or right. seeing anyone. 
but I just wanted to do something that was do normal. Something. Whether that be watching a football game or for the players playing in a football game or like doing, I don't know, things, just doing things that are normal, like just helps sometimes, I guess. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It, no, it, it does. It's been rough. I've been thinking about that. Like there are so many things that I just like, I, I want to just do. Like mm-hmm. I honestly, like I, I had a moment where, I, you know, this <laughs> First and foremost, I want to just I want to just toss this in here before I forget because I meant to say this like ten minutes ago when we started this and completely forgot. Kim got completely sidetracked. Um, just as a note, our next episode is going to be a mailbag episode. So before you go and continue listening to this episode, go open your email and send us a question at mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. Some of you have already sent messages. One of you even found my Instagram account, which is at hello Aaron Marie, which is totally fine, <laughs> and sent it that way. Perfect. Um, just send us questions. Mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. That is your really poorly timed uh, reminder for next <laughs> week's mailbag that I forgot at the top of this episode. So before I forget throwing it in there. So anyway, back to yes. your regular, regularly scheduled programming. Um, yeah, we like, I don't know why, but like looking toward this winter, I sort of like, this is the first time where the weather has gotten bad enough mm-hmm. where it's like, you really can't go for a walk. It's just, it's not great outside. It's Girl, cold. I've been working out in the morning at 6am in a storage unit. Yes. And let me tell you, I still, I came straight here this morning. Mm-hmm. I have not been warm since six in the morning. It sucks. Good for you though. It sucks though. I'm it's proud of you fun. for still doing it. Like, Wear a scarf when you go out for a walk if you really need to yes. get out of your house. Like, bundle up. It's just hard because, like, it's not safe for our dogs right now. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, they're paws. And so yeah. it's just, it's hard. And I was, like, just thinking, I'm, like, you know, in a normal year, like, we would be, we like to go to, there's a, a bar here in Omaha called Mercury. Um, and they always do the holiday at Mercury with the fun, like, old school glasses. Mm-hmm. Now, I am, like, a super fan of, um, like, Christmas and holiday decor from like the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. I think it's so like the kitschy stuff I love yeah. it so like I love doing that um I mean we will probably just drive around and look at like holiday lights a lot because it's just something to do yeah but the the one thing I'm just gonna say and this honestly uh fits so many things thank god for Nebraska volleyball because Nebraska <laughs> volleyball is going to start in January and I have never been so glad that volleyball starts at such a random time yeah. of year because that is going to be – that's going to be a blessing for so many reasons. For all of the, like, Nebraska fans who are going to end this football season frustrated, like, guess what? Volleyball is here. Right. Um, but also for me, I'm like, it'll just give me something to, like, kind of, like, just – Focus on. Focus on yeah. for a while because that should run through about April. Like, I, I, well, I think it could go all the way through May. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's, regardless, it's going to be a majority of the end part of our winter into spring. It's, it's. I'm just like, thank God for Nebraska volleyball, which, I mean, you could say that for so many reasons. But, yeah. you know, and then you have basketball, which is nice. And, you know, as long as, as long as these teams can stay safe, um, that's really all that matters. Again, it's like, 
I, I say this, like, thank God for Nebraska volleyball. Obviously, I want them to be safe. Yeah. I don't want anyone to get sick. Um, obviously, one thing that a lot of people have their eyes on is there's that situation in Florida, um, the the basketball player mm-hmm. who collapsed. We don't know why, um, but there are some concerns because he apparently, allegedly, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 over the summer. Um, so is yeah. it potentially related? We don't know. Um, I do caution people from jumping to the conclusions on that because we don't know what has happened here. But, like, it is the reality of, you know, the most important thing is the, the safety of these players and the coaches and the people who are working to make this happen. So I'm just going to say, if you're somebody who's like, why can't fans be in an arena? Just no, because here's the thing. We're just fortunate that it's even happening. Yeah. And there have been a lot of people who've been very critical through football season of if this should even be happening. And that's a, that's a rightful criticism. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I turn on a, a game, like a football game, and I see so many fans in the crowd, like the SEC, I don't know what the SEC is doing. Um, it doesn't make me feel good. It's like yeah. my primary focus is if we're going to do this thing, the, the focus needs to be on those players and the coaches on the sideline and everything else around it is, is not necessary. Fans yeah. in the stands is not necessary if this is really what our goal is. So if you're somebody who's like, there should be fans in the stands for basketball, volleyball, if they choose not to, I don't care. That's their prerogative. They're looking out for the safety of their players and coaches and their right. staffs. Right. So. I just don't I spare get me. that you're frustrated or whatever and you want to do things, but like, sorry, <laughs> you could either not have it at all or have it without fans. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand the logic on the other side of that, to be honest with you. No, I just, yeah, it just been, it's, you know, sports. I keep thinking about like, when will sports feel normal again? Like when will, when will we all get to feel normal? And you know, it seems like if things go well, and this is what we're talking about with the light at the end of the tunnel, it seems like by fall of 2021, Mm -hmm. life will be more back to normal. And the question that I saw you answer on Twitter is somebody said, when, if like COVID-19 ended today, what is the first thing you would do? And I think you said go to a movie. Did you say that? I feel I don't like. I think so. <laughs> now I have to go look. Maybe I'm confusing you. It's fine. That's where <laughs> we're at. Um, Somebody but, asked a question. I swear you answered it. Maybe I'm going crazy. When was it? I have no concept of time. So if I'm it gonna, was a while I'm, ago. I'm now going through your Twitter account. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> If it was a couple of weeks ago, that I'm sounds like maybe something I would have would have answered. <laughs> but I think the first thing I would do, I, we were actually just talking about this the other night. Like we don't really go to bars. It wasn't you. What did you say? Sorry. Anyway, continue. <laughs> we don't really like go to bars anymore or anything like that. No. But um, like even before this, but I do miss physically going inside of a restaurant and eating. And yes. I miss going to the movies. Like we did that. That's what we did every single Sunday, basically. Maybe I just like dreamed this. I swear. <laughs> I swear. Cause you know, what's funny about this. I, I, I quite literally said this exact comment yeah. about this to Kyle, my fiance. Yeah. I was like, Hey, Sasha 
answered. So I have no idea. <laughs> I completely made something up in my head and I attributed it to you. So I apologize for putting words into it. I think maybe you saw it and like we answered this on maybe. a previous episode. I, I have no clue. But this is super anymore. weird because I literally <laughs> told him, I was like, oh, hey, Sasha answered this question on Twitter. So yeah. now I have incorrectly told this story twice. <laughs> That is where my brain is at. Hashtag 2020. That is amazing. (laughs) Also, like, maybe I'm just projecting what I think. I mean, that's the thing. I would like to go to a bar, though. Like, that's the point that I'm at right now. I would just like to go somewhere and, like, sit next to somebody and be upset that they're turning their chair a little too close to me. Yes. And be, like, annoyed that they've, like, taken some of my personal space. Like, I would like that right now. I would welcome it. And then I would get over it immediately following. But... (laughs) I miss just doing random stuff whenever the hell we wanted to do random stuff. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like I typically don't, I've been a homebody for a while, probably probably for a couple of years now, (laughs) strictly homebody, but not having the option to leave my house when I want to and go and do whatever I want to has really started to get to me. I thought I was good, but it's really starting to get to me lately. It's, it's, It's the cold. Yes. It's, the football team that I watch because mm. I'm in Nebraska is depressing and I like mm-hmm. it frustrating. Oh, and, Nebraska. And all of and all of the other things that come with Nebraska. My foot, my NFL team sucks. Oh, so my <laughs> NFL team is great. Um, I just want to say being a Chiefs fan has finally paid off. And when people are like, why like think I'm a bandwagon fan? I'm not. You can actually go back. Um, I didn't have like an NFL team growing up. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't like, I didn't really have any professional teams. I would still tell you, I don't really have a MLB or an NBA team. So yeah. like, those are kind of fun. Cause I can just kind of enjoy whatever. Um, but with the NFL, I, you know, when I started to get into like high school and stuff, I knew a lot of people who were, uh, Chiefs fans. So I kind of was like, all right, I kind of like the Chiefs, whatever. But it was my, my friend who I was just actually talking about, who's the neurosurgeon. She's from Kansas or mm-hmm. she's from Missouri. She, her parents now technically living the Kansas side of uh, Kansas city, mm-hmm. but she grew up in Kansas city, Missouri, big chiefs fans. Her family has season tickets. They yeah. love it. So when we met my freshman year of college, she kind of got this feeling. She's like, I think Aaron, knowing her, would like to go to a Chiefs game. Or, yeah. Like, would like to do this stuff. So I started, like, go. I've gone to multiple Chiefs games with her and her family. And um, so by the time the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl last year, I mean, I'd been, like, cheering for them for well over a decade at that point. Yeah. I mean, almost close to, like, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've lived through a lot of bad yep. chiefs not as much as others like I understand there's a lot but like right. I have lived through a lot of bad chiefs like I remember when I decided I was like okay I'm gonna be a chiefs fan I was dating this one guy and he was like I don't even remember who he cheered for but he was like why would you pick the chiefs like they're they're terrible yeah and he like was surprised so I feel vindicated so to that man take that yeah <laughs> take that <laughs> yeah I honestly like Saturday, um, Nebraska, uh, this is how bad this game was. I watch every game. Mm-hmm. Did you? I was falling asleep oh. in the second half of this game. 
Oh, I was trying so hard to do that thing where like I knew like there's a potential that this would be my last game at Memorial mm. Stadium. Mm. So I was like doing mm. that thing where I was like trying to be like very like in the moment and present and like looking around and like really appreciating it while also like trying not to like be too like frustrated by whatever I was witnessing um, yeah. in front of me. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a long off season for it was already going to be. It's going to be an especially long off season. But, uh, yeah. And here's the thing: as as a fan, as as so, I was actually having this conversation just the other day. If you're a fan, and like I understand, like there's criticism about um, how the media responds to stuff. Like, oh, you're not asking hard questions. You're not doing this and stuff. And like, you know, I'll be honest, like as a journalist, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes. There's things where I wish I would have asked or I didn't ask, or there's things I did ask that I wish I wouldn't have. Here's the thing though. Like, um, the, the one thing that's been really hard about like this season is while I feel like sports information departments have done a really good job of giving us as much access as possible, Mm -hmm. what we have gone from is in a typical season, in a week like this, we would not only speak to Scott Frost twice, we would speak to both coordinators, but we'd also speak to most assistant coaches. Um, so usually one day, if it's Tuesday, it would be defense day. So you'd get all of the defensive mm-hmm. assistance on on Wednesdays. You'd get all of the offensive assistance, whatever the case is, however they break it down. So when you have questions about, hey, um, what's the decision making on the offensive line, you would have Greg Austin to actually ask that question to. Uh, Right now, your questions have to go to Frost or they have to go to Lubick. And now it's not that Frost and Lubick can't answer those questions. It's just they're not going to maybe give the answers that you as a fan are looking for. The person Mm -hmm. who's probably going to provide more insight is Greg Austin. We have spoken to Greg Austin once this season. Yeah. And that's once, and then he was on um, the Sports Nightly radio show. So, like, we've gotten a total of two times, but one of them was an actual, like, Zoom call. Same thing with um, Coach Verduzco. We have gotten once, and I remember that day, just to be clear, like I am sitting in a winter coat right now because I'm still so cold. Um, I was in like shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. because that's where we were at, the, at that point in the season. So it's been that long. Now he has again also been on Sports Nightly, but again, that's not a media event like that is a show for essentially more or less fans Mm -hmm. so you fans can text in and ask questions um but when you don't have the access and the availability which COVID has really uh hamstrung how much access and availability we have you don't really get to ask the questions of people that I really think should be asked the questions so here's the problem Nebraska is going to play Rutgers on Friday Something is going to happen. Some One of those two teams, I assume, will win. I have no idea. That game could just fall into the depths of the earth. Mm. And we would not probably all be all that shocked if it did. Um, I don't think Nebraska is going to get a bowl game, even though technically it could. Uh, you'd have to have a lot of teams opting out because here's the thing. While everyone is eligible for a bowl game this year, and though like there's no six-game rule or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you still don't have enough bowl games for every team. So you'd yeah. have to have enough teams opt out. And the question is, um, it, unless some bowl felt Nebraska is going to give them the best like viewership, that's really what you're going for. Right. Is it out of the question? 
I guess not. I wouldn't, I think, count on it. I would just probably say that's fine. Apparently, the NCAA has also, and I've really, really half-assed read this. I want to be clear. I really did not read this well. Um, The NCAA has said something about scheduling another game following the 19th, and I think it's about makeup games, but I have no idea. Um, So here's the thing. Could Nebraska technically play another game? I guess. Will Nebraska play another game? I would be shocked. I would be too. So what is going to happen is when we speak to whomever following the game on Friday, that is probably the last you're going to hear, at least officially, from anyone until signing day in February. Mm -hmm. The early signing period starts this week. We'll get some availability from that. But I'm just going to say right now, I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of like Zoom call invites for the month of January. So it's going to be pretty quiet. And that's that's the challenge of something like this. In a normal year, you might have other events in January, some junior days, some recruiting events Mm -hmm. where you could reasonably say, maybe I'll get a coach or I can request some time. That is not going to be the case in this offseason. So not knowing what we will get as far as spring football, because who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? I'm saying it's going to be a long off season for so many reasons. And one of them is because it's going to be pretty dang quiet. Right. You're probably not going to get a whole lot of information outside well, of it like was this year. Right. It's going to be like this, but probably a little bit even more so. Well, yeah. So your, your information on Nebraska football is probably going to come from like uh, Randy down the street who heard from his second cousin that mm-hmm. um, this person is doing this. Like that is, that is going to be, our information that's going to be like I'm not there won't be official information is what you're unless saying. they give it a, give it out to right, us right exactly and I just wanted to say like it's not that like people aren't requesting like we request time and stuff but like these individuals obviously are getting requested by a bunch of people so it's not mm-hmm. like they're going to go and say okay I'm going to do a day of only talking to reporters they're like I'm going to spend this time with my family or doing right. something else right. and I get that it's just it's it's that that has been the hardest part, at least in my opinion, is like, I understand where fan criticism comes from. You are allowed to criticize. I, I, I've always said this. I have no issue with criticism. I get that too. Like, but just don't be like, don't at least be fair in your criticism. Right. I also don't think that like what has made, <laughs> I get the criticism, but I don't understand what people, what put people under the impression that this staff was ever the kind of staff that gave up a whole lot of information anyway. Yeah, they there's not going to be anything ground breaking that comes out no. unless somebody completely misspeaks. It's going to be a lot of like watching the transfer portal yeah. and it's going to yeah. be a lot of like that kind of stuff and the the hard part is is like with the transfer portal you have to have the right source who has access to it to be able to tell you and sometimes you hit the jackpot and you get that person right. and sometimes you have that person and that person uh changes jobs or loses access like Mm -hmm. the thing is is like information is always um it's always fleeting in a way and you do your best to try to obtain as much of it as possible but like there is also stuff where like I've seen fans who are like hey if why aren't you asking about this particular situation or scenario and it's like honestly until somebody tells me that officially I don't know how I can ask about that because it sounds like a rumor Mm -hmm. so even if it is true or it's based in truth how are you asking a person that seriously without knowing right 
I, it's just, it's a lot. And you know what? I get it. Like we're all frustrated. And when we're frustrated, um, we put our frustration and blame in places. And as a, you know, as a member of the media, I have long said, like, um, I, I'm totally fine with criticism. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with that, but like, I will say if you come to my um, Instagram in the middle of a football game, this happened a few weeks ago. Like it was the middle of the game. It was like halftime. And somebody came to my Instagram account and was like in the comment railing on about how like no one is asking tough questions. And I was trying to figure out like what they were talking about. And they must have been talking about when they do those interviews, like right before halftime yeah. Or like, yeah, because we hadn't yet talked to anyone. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I don't have a reference point for what you're talking about. <laughs> right. And we're not part of the TV broadcast. Right. So like, I, I was like very confused by that. So that one was one piece of criticism where I was like, I can't accept this one because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I want Here's to. the other thing too, like with the limited access, like people haven't really seen practices. And things like that. And I think a lot of the hard questions would probably be answered by seeing practice. Yeah. And that, you know, it's funny is one of my favorite quotes. um, Let me see if I can actually look up the, and I, like I said, I'm going to paraphrase it for now. And if I can find it, but Tom Osborne made a quote one time about the reason that he allowed the media to watch, um, games was basically that we weren't smart enough to actually or watch games watch practice was because we wouldn't have been actually smart enough to like understand what we were seeing anyway Mm -hmm. so he like didn't have an issue with like allowing the media to watch because he's like what are you going to take from this you don't know anyway like and I kind of appreciated that I'm very knowledgeable about football I I do believe that I I'm no what I'm doing. But with that said, I'm not going to understand all the schemes right. and everything that Nebraska I don't mean, is doing. I don't mean like that. Yeah. I mean the feel because you can get a feel yeah. for a temperature of a team. hundred percent from a practice. I'm not, I don't mean like what's their playbook look right. like. Well, I I'm just, just mean, saying my point is, is yeah. like, if I'm at practice, I ain't walking away with your playbook because right, like, I'm right, not right. going to be able to watch what you're doing in practice and be like, yeah, I might be able to say like, Oh, based on, you know, this particular thing, it looks like there's, you know, switching between a three, four base defense and a four, three, a bit. And they're doing this and this yeah. and this, but like all of that's visible in a game. So right. I mean like that kind of stuff, like, yeah, you might be able to glimmer a little bit from it or glean yeah. a little bit from it, but no, you're not going to like get the whole, thing I mean but the feel is important yeah. because when you are able to see something like okay I'll use I'm going to use Nebraska volleyball as an example I have had the privilege of watching some Nebraska volleyball practices mm-hmm. um and I'm going to tell you those practices are very like they're very like by the book like you are here is what we're doing now there is some fun to it but like it like I mean I remember the one of the practices I was at, this was a couple of years ago, Lexi's son was kind of, it was her first year at Nebraska and uh, we know it took her some time to kind of like grow into her role with mm-hmm. Nebraska. Um, and she was kind of, you know, just not wanting to go through practice at full, full speed. She was kind of, you know, just for whatever reason, it just wasn't her day. And I will never forget um, one of the assistant coaches trying to kind of talk with her about like, hey, we need to get this on track. We need to kind of figure this out. And it wasn't improving. And so John Cook walked up and was like, this is the expectation of you at practice. And if you're not going to do this, then like, don't be here. Mm -hmm. And you know what? 
I don't know if she wanted to. She probably internally was like, this sucks. I don't like whatever was going on that day just wasn't right. Yeah. But she got she got it together and she finished practice and she had a better practice because that was the expectation. And so when I look at like that, because I've seen it, I can now understand in a game situation when they're having a bad there, something's going on Mm -hmm. and cook is saying, this is my expectation of you. That's because that expectation is set in practice. practice. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I'm kind of taking some of this, like I've been thinking it, but it was, Greg Smith and Jay Foreman talked about it on Straight Up Breakdown, but we all three of us talked about it before they recorded yesterday. I'm just curious, what is the expectation that's being set? Mm -hmm. Because it, to me, seems like it is wishy-washy because that is the play that you see on the field. So after they win a game, do they go lighter in practice because they won? Or are they always going light in practice? Right. I mean, what's a good practice to you? Right. Like, I just don't understand. And that's the thing is we have, we have really no idea. Yeah. So we have to take, we have to take frost at his word right. because he says it's great. And then his players are reiterating what they say, but like, I don't know what a good practice means to them. I know as a coach, when I, it's so funny. Cause I hear these things now when I coached high school cheerleading, how many times I would tell them in practice, what you practice is what shows up yes. in your performance. So if you're practicing lazy arms, if you're practicing only going 80%, when you get to the game, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to give 80% because suddenly you're not going to suddenly like a lot of it's muscle memory. Yeah. A lot of it is just things having to kick in. And I remember they would roll their eyes at me and, oh, coach, I'm just tired. I'm this, I'm this, this, and this. And like, I get it. But yeah. like, I also need you to understand that if you're not giving a hundred percent in practice, that is what I'm going to see. What rolls over, right? So, like if if we're going to have, I remember one year we they really wanted to do this particular halftime performance, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't roll you out there to do this mm-hmm. because what I'm watching in practice is what's going to show up on the field, and I know that's not what you want out there, right? And so I was like, until you can show me that this is going to be incredibly polished, full of energy, exactly what you're going to show on a game day. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. And they thought I was so unfair. Now, I'm not saying that, like, I actually, this is going to sound weird. I actually do believe Frost when he says the practice, that practice is good. What is his, what is your bar for good is what I'm curious about. So that's the thing where that's, that's the part that gets more dicey is, when he says, I believe things are getting better, I see a good practice. I don't have any reason to tell him he's wrong. Right. Because I, he sincerely may see that. Mm-hmm. But something is disconnected when, if you're having really good practices. Now, this would be my question. And like these questions, by the way, have come up. It's not that he has not been asked this. He has literally been asked, okay, so what's the disconnect? And the answers are always like, I don't know what you expect from an answer from that anyway. Because unless somebody is going to be like, well, I've really sat down and like really thought this through. And here's... That is a question that I almost don't know if you can answer. Yeah. Because if if you really are having really good practices and it's not showing up on game day, what then what is the answer? Yeah. So I I it sounds weird when I say that. I do actually believe when he says I think I think it's there. I see it. I see it. I see it. I have no reason to question him on that. Right. 
in but, the sense in the sense of like he very well that could be what he believes right. he has seen i just don't know how to like i just can't back it up because i just don't know right so my thing with that is then that to me screams that they legitimately have just shitty habits and when they start to fall down in games, they rely on those shitty habits and don't know how to get themselves out of it. Well, you see it. You can see it sometimes in certain players and in certain plays and in certain situations. When something goes wrong, you can see it immediately. I mean, how many... Okay, let's look at Sarah Fuller, who, yeah. by the way, by the way, boop, she boop. kicked. She was two for two, <laughs> and she threw so much shade on Twitter, bless her, I love her so many like love her fangirl so, so again she is somebody who is on a winning winning soccer team mm-hmm. like she knows how to win yeah and in the first game she played with Vanderbilt football she she's like looking around and she's like there's no energy here like yeah. no one is excited no one's amped up she's trying to get like she's the one who's like all right everyone let's do this let's do this let's go let's yeah. do this and people are asking her after the game like why were you like what were you saying like what were you doing and she's like I'm looking around and like there's just nothing here yeah so I mean this is a winner right yeah. here who knows what's going on I have said for a long time that Nebraska does not know how to win for for some reason along the way and this this predates Frost. I want to be clear. And this Mike predates Riley. it predates Mike Riley and Bo. It, it, it honestly, <laughs> I don't. I I wish we could, like maybe that is a key. Is where can we pinpoint? Yeah. This whole thing kind of it's a it, culture is super freaking important. Yes, but now <laughs> with your Frost, you have to be yeah, careful yeah. with the culture yeah, talk yeah. because here's the here's the problem. You don't get to say, well, our culture is not there because we're still building our culture yeah. and then in the same breath say, but we are, we don't really want to look too closely at the transfer portal because we don't want to affect our culture and what we've built from that. Right. Now I think you can actually marry those together where it's like, yes, like maybe you have built your culture to a closer point where you're afraid that if you bring in somebody without real strong evaluation, it will derail that further. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying you have to be careful with the culture talk because and I'm saying with him, right? Because yeah. you don't you don't want to say in one breath the culture's bad, and then the next breath be like, but the culture's in a better spot. Where like I'm not sure I want to go find somebody out of the transfer portal. Right. That that is where it gets. That's unfortunately that is where fans start to raise their eyebrows and go, well, what do you what mean? Do you mean? Like which which one is it? Yep. And I can understand the frustration there. <laughs> it's just Nebraska somewhere along the way stopped knowing how to win. Yeah. And I have seen this, I have seen this story so many times. Uh, let's think when Bo Pelini went to Wisconsin with Nebraska and um, Wisconsin just steamrolled mm-hmm. Nebraska. Um, I was at that game. And I remember just being like, did anyone in this game want to play it? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You know who was on that team? Kenny Bell. And Kenny Bell is an incredibly fired up individual. So it's like, I don't think Kenny just didn't want to win. So like, right. this is this is bigger than, this is when I think I started to realize like one, one player is not going to be enough of a spark. There is something more fundamental here. Yes. And then, you know, we saw that through the Riley era where I, I remember again, standing on the sideline of Wisconsin 
And that was that season that they ended up with like nine wins mm-hmm. and it was totally overblown because yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but yes, it was. that Wisconsin game came down to the wire. Yeah. And I remember I was standing in the, like standing on the Nebraska sideline, very close to the end zone, very close to some of the assistant coaches. And the defense just needed to stop just to get a stop. And I don't know why in my brain I thought, there, they, there's no way it's going to happen, which mm-hmm. is like not how you're supposed to like feel yeah. about a team. Cause like literally it is possible, mm-hmm. but like how many games have we seen like that? Where it's just like, they just they, have to do this. They just have to get a stop. They just have to do this. And you're like, but they're not going to. Yeah. To me, honestly like that. And I know that I've referenced this book a ton, but like it really, really opened my eyes to some stuff and it's very applicable to this situation. The power of habit. It doesn't matter how long ago this trickle down culture, this, that's the part of the culture I'm talking about is the inability to win Mm -hmm. the inability to hold on and actually just execute all the way through started at some point and pinpointing that would be wonderful, but I don't think that's possible, but it has been going on for quite some time, like 15 years amount of time is what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. but figuring that out and it honestly, like changing that, that part of the culture starts at the top. So you got to figure out Mm -hmm. how to get in there and change those habits because at the end of the day, when you rely and fall back on things that are not allowing you to execute and usually it's a timing thing or honestly it's a lot of muscle memory when you're repeatedly doing plays over and over and over again when right. you're an athlete but I mean, sometimes you go back to the improper way to execute said thing and it can throw your timing off by a millisecond and yeah. it changes drastically the entire look of that play something that was said this week heading into the Rutgers matchup was literally that, um, and I can't remember which player said it. So four players spoke on Monday and I, I apologize that I can't off the top of my head remember which one said it. It was either Garrett Nelson, Casey Rogers, Ty Robinson, or um, Austin Allen. Mm-hmm. But one of them was talking about this exact scenario that like basically when they're watching film, they see one guy do something wrong. And it's like if that one guy wouldn't have done that, it would have worked. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing the 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 room for error is so small that they're saying like basically we can see where it went wrong and if that guy would have just hit his block if Mm -hmm. he would have just hit his block like everything would have been fine okay so my question is is why didn't that guy hit that block right ever so often missing a play missing a block missing whatever it's gonna happen like you're gonna you're gonna make the wrong you're gonna cut the wrong way um you're gonna look at the wrong thing it's gonna happen um but when you're saying that consistently about so many plays where you're like, oh, well, on that play, this guy, you know, missed his block. Oh, on this guy, this guy didn't fully that run his route. habits. That, yes. Why, <laughs> why, why, are, why are your wide receivers not running the routes yes. as quickly as they're supposed to? Like, we've heard that one already, is that they, the, the, the quarterbacks didn't have the trust that the receivers would be where they were supposed why? to be. That is a habit. <laughs> yes. Those and are habits. I'm exactly. not sitting here saying that like I can I can coach a football team like I certainly understand there are 100%. way more to this yes. than what I am yes. providing like I get it like if let's be clear if this was everything we would have solved this entire problem and we'd be done <laughs> right exactly but exactly this is a start and I think if you are going to sincerely try to fix this you you have to almost like humble yourself in this way where it's like 
the the errors are starting. Yeah. In practice, they're starting. They're starting here. If you have to pare down your cute little playbook, don't get cute. Seriously, stop being cute. It's the Big Ten. Call the things that you know will work. You don't have to be cute. Do the thing. Get back to basics. Do the simple shit. Well, and that's what kind of like drove me a little bit crazy about the matchup with uh, Minnesota is. I I hear you. Yeah. I hear you, Nebraska fan, <laughs> who's like, Adrian Martinez was not completing a pass downfield, and I'm yeah. very frustrated. I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. You know what he, he was doing? Well, here's here's what he was doing well. He was running well against yes. Minnesota. Um, Nebraska, as a team, was running well against Minnesota. Um, he was completing smaller passes, mm-hmm. shorter passes, effectively. Why did – why – why was that gone away from like that? that right. I understand that Minnesota adjusted after halftime. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting a little bit of a different look. And so you have to adjust too. However, yes. that didn't mean you need to start taking these giant shots downfield right. because we know that's not working. Right. It's also a very cold day. The wind was out of control. So s- f- for whatever reason, Adrian was not seeing the people he was needing to. Mm-hmm. He was not um, able to get the ball where it was supposed to go. So maybe then go back to just run the ball. Right. Just run the ball. And uh, kind of like to like put a nice, nice little bow on this. If you're somebody who's like, let's ask the tough questions. Um, after the game, Frost was literally asked, why didn't you run the ball at Minnesota more? Because yeah. they've shown that that's an area of weakness. Yes. And he said he didn't understand the question. You can ask a tough question and sometimes you're met with nothing. Exactly. I just want to be clear about that. Sometimes, and you might think like, well, why don't you push him further? most people are not looking to get into a, like into a a bickering match over a zoom call. Like it's the thing is, is like, honestly, and this is my perspective, that answer said more than if he would have answered it. The fact that he wanted to get away from that question probably said more than it needed to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these are those things that we're going to have to break down. And I'm guessing when we say it's going to be a long off season, I'm guessing there are going to be changes of some kind. I don't yeah. know what they are. I don't have insider information, Speculation, for you, but you all can speculate all, all. I mean, at this point, like speculation is going to like rule, rule the yeah. town. Like yeah. I understand, like I understand that it is frustrating because I find it frustrating myself because there are questions that I do think, deserve answers but like I was trying to say earlier like just because the hard questions are asked doesn't mean they're going to be answered you just got to pay attention it's a, sometimes it's an in between the lines stuff like I've been watching these games completely different this year under it's not even a microscope I'm just paying attention to the little stuff keep it simple stupid is what I and I'm not calling anyone stupid it's just a saying mm-hmm. but keep it simple stupid I repeat to myself all the time when I see these breakdowns. It's just like something is the, – the disconnect may be as simple as they're not understanding or they're not confident in the plays or something. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. But, but like, well, the psychology of the game to me is what stands out the most. There's something there. I just want to point something out. And this is not – and I want to just – I want to be clear about something because if for some reason, Scott Frost, if you ever listen to this podcast, hello, it's good to hear you. It's good to have you here. Um, n- no, I I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I have I have a lot of respect for Frost and mm-hmm. for the staff. Like, I, I, I really, like, I think, um, as many people do, would like to see him be successful. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I had the answer for him. Like, wouldn't that be great? But it just, 
I want to go find, and I'm, I'm, I'm Googling this right now because um, I think it's kind of important context. Okay, so when Frost took over uh, at UCF, I just want to point something out. What he did was impressive. And the thing is, is like that should never um, be taken away from him. Like mm-hmm. no one should ever be like, uh, hey, Frost, like you, you didn't do a good job or whatever. Right. But, okay, so let's go back to uh, the 2015 season. That was the season that Central Florida went 0-12. Yep. Didn't win a single game. That was the season that their coach was ultimately fired, which led the way for uh, Frost. However, I want to just say, so they went 0-12 in 2015. But let's look at that 2014 schedule. They were 9-4, and okay? Mm-hmm. That 9-4 and included wins over BYU it also included, I mean, it was it was a pretty good schedule. I'm, like, looking at it. There, there were some close losses, too. Like, I mean, they lost by two points to Penn State, okay? Mm-hmm. Not a bad, you know, nine and four, um, two-point loss to Penn State. You leave that, and you're like, that feels pretty good. 2013, so two years before that losing season, they went 12-1, and one, okay? 12-1, and one, and you know what they did? They beat Baylor 52-42 to 42 mm-hmm. in a bowl game on New Year's Day. So I just want to point something out about this. By the time Frost got there in 2016, now he had a team, and I talked to Trey Neal about this when he was at Nebraska and did a story on him for Hill Varsity. They were, that, that locker room was broken. Like a mm-hmm. lot of stuff was not going yeah. well. However, these players had been on winning teams prior to this, mm-hmm. had won some big games, had gone 12 and 1, 9 and 4, and then they went 0 and 12. And it's like, well, shit, what happened there? So when Frost came in in 2016, he wasn't having to completely reset minds as far as like, how do you win a game? Right. So when they came in and they won, they, they went. Six and seven that first year. Now, there were a lot of rough games. Like, Michigan at the time beat them 51-14. But you started toward the end of the season to see things come around. They even got a bowl game. Right. So, by the time that 2017 season came, and, like, it was lightning in a bottle, 13-0, they beat Maryland, which I, I understand, but, like, that was a big deal because the year before Maryland had beat them. Mm -hmm. Like you look at this schedule and I was at that game against Auburn. This was a team that knew how to win. Right. Like toward the, I remember. So I just want to point this out where my mindset is as somebody who covers Nebraska football, I'm sitting in the press box, getting ready to go down to the field. And I, I was not convinced that UCF would hold on to this game. I was like, they're not going to win. They're not going to win this game. Auburn is way too good. Auburn is way too talented. They've got too much size. It's just, it's not going to happen. Like it's been, this has been fun. Yeah. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Scott Frost. Thank you, Central Florida for giving me a very entertaining game. But like the wheels are going to fall off any moment. And you know what didn't happen? The wheels didn't fall off because this team knew how to win. These players had the mentality that they knew when the going got tough, they had to fall back on their practices. Yes. And you know what they did? They beat Auburn. So I, I, I'm, I'm not discrediting anything that Frost did. What he did at UCF was impressive, and it should be remembered. Right. People should look at that and be grateful for what he did. However, he, what he inherited in Nebraska is vastly different than what he inherited at Central Florida. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to do the whole thing of, like, blaming this on one particular staff. Right. This, this problem is now, like, Ingrained. ingrained and you know what it's a part of 15 years it's a part of his problem now too yes like this is this is his problem now yeah this is not you inherited a problem but you need to 
fix it. Right. This is no longer like I can only look at the past staff. I can yeah. only look at what has happened in the past. No, no, no. You may have in, you may have inherited this, but this is now yours too. Yes. You have not found the way out of this. Yep. So this is where as somebody who covers this team, I wish I had the answers. If I did, I would be I would be a millionaire because I'd be coaching this team myself. Right. Um right. But I have to imagine that's massively frustrating because when you came in, you're like, okay, I see the problem. I see what's here. And now you're three years in and you haven't figured out how to fix it. it But that's, or maybe you did and you don't, you haven't been able to fix it yet. Yeah. That, but that's still on you at this point. It's on you. Yep. It's no longer on anyone else. It's it's three years, dude. It it stinks. (laughs) It stinks because this problem has been here a long time. It has, but it is not your problem. I think that that's the other thing too, is that like not to overblow the fact that when something like that has been ingrained in a program for as long as this has been, it is going to take some time. However, I would think that we would be seeing progression versus some regression in some spots. And I think that that might be the most frustrating thing for the fans and even just like covering the program or paying attention to it. That part is frustrating. It's a little miffing. It is befuddling. And now we have after Friday, 17 years to think about it because that's how long the off season will be. Yes. Now, if you're somebody who is like, what do I have to look forward to? Um, Just a small little FYI. uh, Nebraska has actually just found out that its game will now kick off with Rutgers at 6.30 p.m. on Friday. Boop, boop. Because the game that was at 6.30 has been canceled due to COVID. So. Hooray. 2020 in a bottle. Don't forget before we end this episode, by the way, to email us questions for the mailbag which will be next week's recording. You can email us at mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. Why is my brain not working on this now? Yeah. Mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. Or you can tweet at us. I'm at Erin Sorensen. She's at Sasha72, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or you can find us on Instagram. I'm not even going to tell you what they are, like what mine is or what Sasha's is at this yeah. point. I know I told you mine earlier, but like if you want to go find them and you want to do it that way, that's totally fine there too. Um, yeah, I, here's the thing. Like I said, as somebody who, um, as somebody who appreciates and enjoys her job, I want to, I want to cover something that's fun just as much as you want to watch something that's fun. Yep. And just sometimes because it might seem critical also does not mean, um, it also doesn't mean it's a bad thing. You know, right. some criticism, again, like, same thing with the media. It's right. okay if you're critical. Right. Just as long as you're fair with your criticism. There you go. And so it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long off season and you have every right to feel frustrated by that mm-hmm. and to be critical. Just keep it fair. That's all. Yeah. Just keep it fair. Now you can send that criticism to us again, mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com next week's episode is going to be a mailbag. Just to give you a quick sampling, we have questions um, about action figures. Uh, We have questions uh, talking about Title IX. So as you can imagine, they can range. So you don't need to just, you can ask me, Erin, are you handling the new Taylor Swift album? Okay. (laughs) And my answer would be kind of. Um, because I have a lot of thoughts. So if you want more on that, please ask. I'm happy to tell you all about it. 
And if you're somebody who's like, Aaron, what song should I listen to? I would recommend Marjorie and go and watch the lyric video on YouTube, but also prepare yourself if you've lost a grandparent that will make you very sad. Oh boy. Yeah. So, but if you want more, <laughs> please ask. I'm yes. here to, I'm here to address all of my Taylor Swift thoughts, everything. Or you can just send other questions if you don't want me to talk <laughs> about Taylor Swift. But we do appreciate you as always. Um, hopefully, hopefully you have a good week. Yeah. Try to have a good week and we'll have fun next week. And I won't swear as much no we're gonna probably Maybe. swear more but it'll be fun swearing. <laughs> yeah it'll be fun swearing it'll be not fun swearing wtf unless you ask unless you ask questions that aren't fun yeah <laughs> and then we're just so this is really on you this is on you you tell us what kind of episode you want but yeah my, email us at mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com and we will talk to you next week bye You love Husker sports. We love Husker sports. So that means you need to catch big red wrap up game highlights, analysis, all of it on NET Nebraska's PBS and NPR stations. It's every Tuesday night live at seven on NET world and Facebook. And then again at 10 on NET that's central standard time though. For those of you who do not live in Nebraska, again, you love the Huskers. We love the Huskers. Don't miss big red wrap up.